it's what we practice daily with our dogs that changes behaviors. You're gonna fall off. You're practicing getting back on over and over and over again. That holds you to it as a standard for life. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Honest to Dog Podcast. It's me, Liz Foley, your favorite dog trainer. Joined by Jeff, Liz's favorite co-host and sidekick. Mm-hmm. I hesitate there because, okay, a little behind the scenes. Before we actually record, we always just do like a test to make sure the levels are okay. And this time, for some reason, I said that I'm Jeff's favorite sidekick. <laughs> and look, Liz looked at me like I had three heads until I realized what I'd said. I was like, are you good? It's oh, been a I'm long good. week. It has been a long week. You've, you've been working hard. You're probably a little tired. And you've been working hard. You've had mm-hmm. a training for life style this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. You've had a bunch of virtuals. Like, was it just yesterday you did three virtuals back to back? Yeah. Yeah, that I stood up for the first time like after three hours and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like stretch or something. I'm not used to like an office job. Yeah, but I mean... You've had a big impact this week. You've been able to touch a lot of dogs, help a lot of people, coach some dog professionals. Go on. <laughs> no, You're pretty awesome. You know I think that. <laughs> Thank you. And you've also been doing a lot of work with Blue this mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. as well as all of our dogs kind of individually, which sort of gave rise to today's episode about going back to basics or getting back on track. Mm-hmm. That's the key to getting back on track is focusing in on all the little things starting at the basics. I think that really goes though for everything because it's about building discipline. It's about having the will to do all the hard stuff even when we don't want to. I know part of my like fitness journey, the struggle has been uh, every time I stop I have a couple days where I don't eat so great or I'm not working out. It's really hard for me to get back on track because I beat myself up about, I can't believe I did that. I messed up. And it's been my trainer who reminds me all the time, that's okay. It's in the past. We're going to start over. And that's part of building your resilience and making fitness part of your lifestyle. You're going to fall off sometimes. It's your practice and getting back on over and over and over again that holds you to it as a standard for life. I think that fitness is a great example. I mean, I could talk about golf examples, but it goes with anything. You're trying to build routines, discipline. I mean, I was doing a really good job this year of getting up every morning and reading at least 10 pages. And then I got out of the practice of it. I'm not really sure why, but I did. And just like you're explaining, I've kind of been beating myself up about it. And for some reason, when you fall off the horse, even though, you know, we've been told since we were two years old, Mm -hmm. what do you do when you fall off the horse? You get back on. It's really hard. It's like the horse got bigger. (laughs) Yes. Right. And I think the same goes for dog training where we're doing really, really good. We're proud of our progress. We're proud of the work, the reps that we've put in. Mm -hmm. But for some reason... Once we get out of that routine, it's so much harder to get back into it. I know. Why do you think that is, Liz? Do do you see this with your clients a lot? People who you work with them either in like a private training or when you did group and they're doing really good and they make a whole lot of progress and then life happens, Mm -hmm. but they struggle to get back on the horse. Yeah, I wouldn't say 
it's a ton of people that happens to, but I've definitely seen it. Um, and I think sometimes they'll call me or write me up and they're almost apologetic. And I'm just like, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm happy you reached out for help, if anything, right? I'm never going to shame somebody or lecture them on all of the things. We just ask questions and we kind of find the root of the problem and then we, we look at how to fix it. And fixing it is going back to the beginning and resetting the whole thing. Why is getting back on track sometimes harder than staying on track? I don't know. This is the great mystery, at least for me, because I, I, I go back and forth all the time. I think... I think I know why we fall off initially and that's usually because life happens like you said and a lot of the time it's like more demands at work. Somehow somehow we have more stress involved in our lives. So that's requiring more of our time or our focus and energy. And so what we stop doing are the things that are good for us that we would deem selfish, right? Well, I don't have time I, to read in the mornings. I should get right to work. There's so much on my plate right now. But maybe reading 10 pages in the morning makes you better at your work. Mm -hmm. It probably does because you're starting your day with something for you, which is supposed to be the best way. And I don't do that for myself anymore. And I used to. So I should probably bring that back. It's the best way to set yourself up for the day. But we get rid of the self-care pieces when life happens. And sometimes that even means our dogs and our training with them. I just had a bit of an epiphany. And I think this is a good segue into going back to basics as being the way to get back on track. But I think that sometimes when we fall off the horse or when we get off track, we forget the little steps that it took to get to mm. that place where we were. So let's take golf, for example, right? If I don't go and play for a few weeks and then I go and play, I'm really poopy, right? And it's like, I expect to, to start back up where I dropped off, mm -hmm. forgetting that what it took to get me to that point where I fell off was a lot of reps, a lot of practice, a lot of discipline, a lot of focus. And so it's an unfair expectation to expect to be able to pick up where we left off. Same with our dogs. If we've been doing all the things, putting in all the reps, you've built really good re recall, really good relevance, really good thresholds. And then you've stop practicing all those things, I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, well, I can just turn it back on again and it'll be exactly where I left it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Not the case. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. Totally true. And I think we resent ourselves for taking that break and having to reset and start all over again But we, because we're worried it's going to take as long as it did the initial time, but it's not. You will get through it probably faster and get back to where you think you need to be faster than you realize. But we just sit in judgment and shame of like, oh, I did it again. Now I have to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. But really what we should be saying is, aha, I caught on to it sooner than later. So let's start tomorrow. Let's start today and fix it. You'll be able to get back faster, but it doesn't mean that you can skip steps. Ah, you yes. have to go back to basics and work through all those building blocks to get to where you were, but it will happen faster because you've already done that learning, that neuroprogramming mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. 
So how does it apply to us, like with with Blue? Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about how we've kind of gone back to basics with him to get back on track with his training. What are some of those things with him that we have both individually been working on to try to accelerate his training? So some of the things we wanted to work on with him was really like calming him down in general. We see him have high excitement and anxiety. So he moves around a lot and that triggers my own anxiety. And so we've worked really hard and he does great with place and things like that, but he can't just be roaming. He gets everybody excited and there's play and shenanigans and or he just follows you around and I mean he's so sweet and his tail's going and he's just looking at you with the sweetest eyes but it's like he doesn't fully have an off switch unless we've like exhausted him and I feel like we were struggling in that area like how do we exhaust him because physical exercise wasn't really doing all that much I remember he got a walk with the dogs I think he got an individual training and then you took him for a run and he still had energy Mm -hmm. and so it's really sometimes having to sit down and like take my own advice and really really focus in what would i tell a client like why do i think i'm special here like because i'm a trainer i don't have to do the things no no you do have to do it and i had been talking about doing more individual training with him and things like that but i was only doing it like in splashes here and there and it's through working with clients with my training for lifestyle program that has really dialed it home for me in that it's what we practice daily with our dogs that changes behaviors. And I was practicing the same things where I wanted him to walk on a pack walk and not have reactivity. We weren't there. I We were actually now at a point even solo walks, I was seeing reactivity and that never happened before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am messing this up in some way if we are regressing. So that was another area we really wanted to see improvement. And so I sat down and took an honest look at how we were living with Blue. And I had really high expectations of him that he's still struggling to meet. So he needed more help from me, more guidance from me. So guess what? We're not going to do a reboot for 10 days. We're not going to wait until September 6th. We started today. No, we started last week, this week. Um, increasing crate time. That's a basic, basic thing, controlling your dog's space, right? We've done on-leash in the house. We've increased his mental stimulation and limited affection. That was a big one. Like I, I really realized how much that was damaging our relationship and he's so cute it's so hard not to just love on him all the time so it's being selfless is how i'm gonna help blue yeah i think a big realization for me in participating in this with you and also watching how you've been doing this is that you need to change your own expectations of yourself and of your actions with your dogs, your activities with your dogs. And here's an example. So I think I'm the worst at this. It's like, okay, if I'm taking the dogs for a walk, I need to get them out, get them walking, you know, walk them for an hour, hour and a half or 5K or whatever route I have planned. And so I think I fall victim to the 
quantity versus quality trap. And then this week, I think I realized that like, okay, if I'm walking blue, maybe I don't leave the driveway. And I still invest that whole time in waiting till he's super calm to get him out of his crate, waiting for him to be calm to put the leash on, waiting for him to be calm to go through the, the doorway, controlling that threshold, that boundary. And I want to say we were always doing those things, but we were accepting good enough. We were accepting good enough. Because we felt pressure to walk the other two dogs like they did it. That's right. Like, I don't know. Or I was like, this is good enough because I need to get on the walk. Yeah, I was Whereas, very impatient. Yeah, I was in, that's it. That's exactly it. I was impatient. It's like, I need to accept this because I need to get on the walk because I need to get the walk done so that I can go to work. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm thinking, well, this is all part of the walk. Mm-hmm. So the other day, what day was it? Thursday morning, I took Blue solo. I was doing follow the leader on the driveway for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe more. We only got around the block. Still was a 50-minute walk, but I was really focused on slowing things down, trying to establish good relevancy, good eye contact, managing his excitement. So it wasn't a long walk, but it was a better quality walk. Mm-hmm. More mentally stimulating. More mentally stimulating. And so because I had sort of changed that mindset, it's like I don't need to get five kilometers or three miles or whatever it is. I just need to get something that's actually impactful. And that to me is like a success versus just ticking the boxes. Mm -hmm. Well, like so much of what I've been teaching in my training programs, I needed to be doing at home with my own dog. And so one of them is follow the leader, like dedicating that time. And that is your walk. Even if you don't leave your driveway, you're practicing the walk. You're doing the rehearsal. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to take it back that to that point with Blue. So I was like, we're not doing walks. Our walks stress me out. Um, he walks well, don't get me wrong. And then I get all cocky and think we can do a walk. But then he sees something and he flips out. Um, and then I lose my cool and then he's usually triggered for the rest of the walk. Right. So I was not looking forward to walks. It just gave me anxiety. And so I was like, then I'm going to not walk him and I'm going to start where there's no distractions. So I was doing follow the leader this whole week in the backyard. So we had real relevance and like you, it doesn't get more basic than that. And I swallowed all of my pride. And I'm like, this is where we're at. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start over. And really, really put in the reps and make it as best as we can before progressing to the next level. Because I've been doing this for so long, I think I think I can get there faster and rush and take shortcuts. No, not, not with a dog like Blue, at least. Yeah. When you think about getting back on track with, with anything, whether it's with a dog's training a fitness goal, picking back up hobby, or even, let's be honest, the the podcast, Mm -hmm. right? I think we struggle sometimes where we record a bunch of episodes um, and then, you know, it gets busy or something and and we might miss a week and then it becomes sort of a daunting task. Mm -hmm. And we love doing this. Like once we get into it, we absolutely love it. We love creating content for all the Honest to Dog listeners and the pack and everything else. It just, it can feel overwhelming, right? Getting Mm -hmm. back on track is harder than staying on track sometimes. 
So when you're trying to get back on track, how do you think about kind of goal setting to get back into it? Mm. I think in order to take away the overwhelm of starting over again, we need to set small achievable goals. So taking away the pressure of taking Blue on a full walk that's structured and and having to work through reactivity, taking that away and being like, I just want follow in the backyard for five minutes. And then when I get that, I am happy. I'm happy for us. I'm really proud. I can succeed because that is doable. That we can do. That's amazing. When I was setting the goal of enjoying a walk together, loose leash, no reactivity, all of these things, I was coming home frustrated, annoyed, defeated because we weren't even hitting that at 50%, you know? And so I'm setting this way too far goal that I'm trying to leap to and I'm missing all these little tiny baby steps in between. And we know I love baby steps. Why I don't apply them to myself? I have no idea. Like, (laughs) so it's been through working with people and their dogs the last three weeks with doing these intensive programs that I was like, I'm just going to look at Blue like he's a client's dog. I have to go back to that point because it's so different when we're working with personal dogs. If this was a board and train, it would be so easy for me. But as an owner, we have deeper connections with our dogs. They look at us a certain way. We feel bad, like we project emotions onto them. And so having a little bit of healthy separation where I'm like, okay, I love you to death, but I'm going to train you like it would train any dog. So we got to do this the Liz Foley training method way and do our own blues training for lifestyle. What's your take on goal setting that's challenging versus very realistic? So here's here's where I'm going with that, Liz. I think there's a school of thought that says, goals need to be sort of ambitious, right? If you make them ambitious, you'll push harder, you'll push further. But I think when you're trying to get back on track, there could be a risk that if you get too ambitious too fast, like you said, you get disappointed and defeated and maybe feel down on yourself. So part of me thinks, like you said, like maybe you start with five minutes of follow and you're like, I'm going to get five minutes of follow this week. And maybe you get it on day one. Should you stretch and push? And and is that a risk of maybe disappointment? Or just stick with those small achievable milestones, build up some momentum, and then start setting bigger goals? Yes, I think like and. Okay. So I want to set a, a huge end goal for myself. But I can't just be like, that's what we want and not have kind of a plan in place, certain milestones along the way to hit because we won't really know how to get from where we are to that without it. So I think having that end goal is fantastic, but be realistic about the timeline to get there. And if you don't know what you're doing, work with a professional who can be like, aha, I know the route to take you there. So. Mm-hmm. When I was doing training essentials group class, which I'm bringing back, by the way, <laughs> um, it's a five-week course. And the first class, you write down 
your goals, what you want with your dog, you also have to write down your intentions. Mm. So one is, these are my wants to have. The other is what I'm prepared to invest in order to get it. So coming to every class, asking questions no matter what, when you're unsure, doing the homework, like all of those things, following the schedule, doing what my trainer says to do, those are all really good intentions that will help you achieve your goals. And then you have me to be like, this is what we're going to do in order to get there. And we're taking five weeks. And I say too, we're going to get you improved in those areas and towards your goal. It might not be at your goal. Depends on the dog, right? How many years they've been practicing the behaviors, pack position, compatibility match, all of those things. But what did we say the other day? I, I love this. I think I can't guarantee I can fix your dog, but I can guarantee we can improve the behaviors. That doesn't sound as good. You probably said it way better. Was it, I can't guarantee perfection, but I can guarantee improvement? There it is. Something like that. So two other things came to mind as you were talking about that. The first is ending on a win. So mm-hmm. so let's say the goal of the day is five minutes of follow the leader on the driveway with Blue and we get there quick. We get there within a couple of minutes and he's really checked in. I think there's a temptation to go, okay, we're in the zone. Let's take it out on the streets. Let's take it out on a walk. But I'm thinking based on what I'm hearing you say that maybe in that instance, it's better to just end on a win. Mm -hmm. It's better for your confidence, better for Blue's confidence. You can build momentum versus kind of risking the pride that you get from that success with, with your small goal and taking it out and pushing your expectations and maybe being disappointed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I love that we're talking about this. There are ways you can push or increase the challenge in a fraction of a way if you're seeing improvement quickly so that you don't stagnate, so you don't get bored, so you don't whatever, um, but you don't reach too far either. And so that's when I remind clients of the three Ds in dog training. Go on. (laughs) Distance, duration, and distraction. These are three ways in which we can both bulletproof our dog training, but also colossally fail our dogs. (laughs) Let me explain. Say we're teaching our dog a sit-stay. The first thing I'm going to play with is distance. How far away can I get? And I'm, I'm going to start fair. I'm going to take a step back on your leash. Can you hold the sit when I'm there? Cool. Another two steps. I always want to be able to hit the end of a six-foot leash. Usually in one session, that's how far we're going to get. That's one way in which I've challenged the dog. I'm going to take all the steps necessary in order to get in that direction. I'm not going to go from six-foot leash to a 15-foot leash, mm-hmm. right? Or in the very first session, we're going to graduate towards that. Once I have 15-foot stay, then I could increase duration. I could increase duration at six-feet stay. Like you can play with whatever. There's ways we can add variety and challenges and really level up our training. So I can ask you to hold a sit-stay instead of for a minute. Maybe it's five or 10. 
I've never done a five or 10 minute sit stay. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Hold it until I release you. Let's make it a little bit more challenging. Then you can do it in a different area or increase distraction in some other ways. You can't do all three at once and you can't jump to distraction when you haven't built up duration and distance. So if you only have a five minute follow, it's not solid enough to be taken out into a different area. Mm. I want my follow and my flow to be so spot on and we can just do that wherever we are. We have it for like 20 minutes and it's gorgeous. We're checked in. Then maybe I'll move it somewhere else. Does that make sense? It does. It does. What I'm taking away is you can still have improvement and if you've if you've accomplished your small goal very quickly, you can build on it, but not necessarily to jump immediately to the big goal. And I know that's probably a, a fault of mine because I'm impatient. And so if he's really tuned in, it's like, okay, well, I think I think we're ready to jump to the the big goal. You and me both. I I have so much patience with every other dog in the world, and I'm like. I got all day. We can do this at your pace. Maybe it's because I'm getting paid. <laughs> but when it's my own dogs, it's like, hey, let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about extrinsic motivation for getting back on track? So, you know, we've talked before about breaking down goals into smaller goals and tracking your progress on both the activity and the outcome of those goals. Is there a way that we can reward ourselves for putting in the reps because because getting back on track is just as much about getting back into the routine as it is about anything else which is mundane right like even hearing you say those words i was like ew so it's not fun it's not sexy right so i do think having some sort of reward system would be super cool um i haven't been doing that really for myself how are ways in which we could reward ourselves? I, I, do you have ideas? Let's let's talk about one that we've used before, outside of dog training, and then see if we can apply it. So, when we were living in California, we were making all our own meals, mm-hmm. and we were really striving to eat nutritious meals and eat pretty healthily. And so we said, okay, if 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 we kind of stick to our our menu and make all of our meals during the week, we'll treat ourselves to going out for pizza and a glass of wine on Friday or night. Or Saturday morning smoothie bowls. Or yeah, going to Sun Life Organics. I thought that's where you were going. I miss Sun Life Organics, but Jeff actually makes the best smoothie bowls now. Sun Life Organics, if you're listening, I got you. <laughs> I know your secrets. Oh, it's so good. But I think that's a great way to attach kind of extrinsic motivation to putting in the reps and staying on track. I wonder if there's something similar with dog training. Like if you're really consistent all week with boundaries, Mm -hmm. could you reward yourself with some affection provided that it's done in the right way? Sure. Like if you're good with boundaries, don't go and like have your dog on the couch then. No, I meant more like (laughs) getting down to your dog's level and giving some calm massage or something like that. Yeah, that's a good point because if you're doing more of the training and structure side, you can enjoy some of those other perks, right? Like I always say, if you're not making deposits, you can't take withdrawals. Deposits are things like 
effort in training, structured walks, practicing place, calm feedings, and then withdrawals are the fun stuff. It has to have a balance. So many times people are taking withdrawals and they're in debt. You have not earned any of that money. You have mm-hmm. not put any deposits in. Um, so I think for me, the best reward is seeing your dog thrive. See, like the eye contact I get from Blue now is, it's always been sweet. It's always been sincere, but there's a next level to it. Like, and our bond is growing in a very different way. Like he's really listening to me and my frustration has now gone, mm. right? I was, he he's anxious, which makes me anxious. When I'm anxious, I'm tense. When I'm tense, I get frustrated. Like we were just friction. Mm-hmm. Um, our energy was friction and I love him. I love him so much, but, and he'd be so great one moment and then he'd just kind of exist <laughs> in this vibrating way. And I would be like, oh my gosh, calm down. But so mem- maybe a big part of getting back on track is going back and remembering your why. Mm. Right? Why are you doing this? Why is this important to you? And maybe that's what I'll remind you and you can do the same for me. Please. It's like, remember the depth of connection, that like next level of of eye contact and like love and admiration Mm -hmm. that Blue shows when we are being the leader and providing the discipline and calmness that he needs. I think I kind of remember part of my why, what really ignited the fire under me, not just that the reactivity had gotten worse also in thinking about Carmen and the relationship that we had with her and how deep that connection was I put so much work into her training I took her so many places we walked everywhere socialization like and I was so proud to have this dog Um, and now I see so much of that in Ty and Mm -hmm. again I put so much work into that arguably more because he came with some baggage and we had to do a lot of work around building his confidence and the way he looks at me, the way uh, I can feel so much more connected to him and I trust him. Like I take him to my training sessions and he holds place while a dog's wigging out, walking by him and just, I don't know, he's he's become so Carmen-like, that, that calm, relaxed, confident dog and I was like, I can have that with blue. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it off. Like he's just hyperactive or whatever. And even sometimes I still go back to what did I do? Why did we do this? Um, but I was like, or I could just invest more of myself and make that a priority and really start over. Cause I want that. I want that connection with blue. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We were talking about this the other day in the car. And and yeah, I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to in any way diminish our memory of Carmen at all. You know that. But sometimes we have a tendency to kind of glorify past pets or or even the current state that our pet is at. And and all I mean by that is when you're standing on, you know, the level or the level of the, the stairs that you're on. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm here. This is amazing. You forget all the steps you had to walk up to get to that point. So accurate. 
And, and I think part of it is when you're starting over, you're back at the bottom of the stairs and you're kind of looking up and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do all this again. Mm -hmm. Forgetting that you've already been up that staircase. You know how to walk that path. You've done it before. It's going to be easier this time. And I guess all, all I'm getting at is, yeah, Ty's at an amazing place. He's come a long way. Even Carmen, she was amazing to start with. But I still remember like the first walks we had with her, mm-hmm. she wouldn't walk. <laughs> yeah. She'd never been on a leash before. She'd never you know, been on a, a, a martingale before. Mm-hmm. There was work that had to go into that. And I think when you're starting over and you're going back to the beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like, you're reminded of how much effort and energy you had to put into it. And you're like, oh, am I, do I really have this in me again? And you need to remember, it's like, you're not starting from zero. Mm-hmm. You're starting with more knowledge, more experience, and you're going to progress through those early phases faster because you've been there before. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because, yeah, the more we think about it, the, the bigger we make it in our minds. That's and it. it's like, just don't think, just do. Just do. It's so, it's because it's like going to the gym where you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. Like even on the bike downstairs, it's like, mm, it's kind of delaying it. And then I got on, I was like, this is great. This is easy. This is fun. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I'm finding that with Blue. I was like, mm, we're going to do follow the leader in the backyard. And I was like, this is great. We're actually enjoying our time together. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing. We don't have an episode. And we're fine and we're great. And so my time with him has been super intentional. That's the other thing that comes with going back to the basics. It's all the baby steps. So you just, you're fine tuning all of that. You're slowing everything down and being really clear and deliberate with your interactions with your dogs. And how can that not make for improvement? You're investing that time in your dog. Like I feel like I am making Blue feel special because he's getting that hand-holding that every one of our other dogs got, right? And I'm really proud of us. I'm really proud of him and I. (laughs) I'm really proud of you. I've learned a lot through you. I mean, even just the other night, and I I don't know if you really realized it, but when you were sitting over here by his crate waiting for him to come out, I was sitting where you're sitting right now watching And it was partly because I wanted to watch you work and that was really fun, Mm -hmm. but also because I wanted to feel like I was participating and Mm. like you were supported. Mm. I don't know if you noticed that, but. Thanks. Yeah. Because you were putting in the hard work and I, you know, it's like, okay, only one person can be operating the crate door right now, but Mm -hmm. I didn't want you to feel like you were doing it alone. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't going to go bugger off and like play a video game or something. Not that I I don't video game anyways, but like, you know what I mean. Thanks, babe. You betcha. Yeah, and that took 20 minutes. We timed that. I asked you to start a timer. And I did. And because we were accepting good enough, calm enough. And it wasn't calm at all. He knows how to fake it, like sit, give you the eye contact. He can even stop shaking. But I know he's not calm. Mm -hmm. And so with waiting with that, like I broke down every friggin' step of like crouching down beside the crate. Does that get you all antsy and pacing all over the place? Then I'll walk away mm-hmm. and then come back and sit down. Okay, you stayed chill. Putting my hand towards the crate. No, you got up. You got crazy again. And you Stop. know what I didn't tell you? <laughs> when I when I took him yesterday on that walk, 
we spent a lot of time doing follow the leader on the driveway. Yeah. But we also spent a bunch of time doing thresholds. But even before that, I was thinking back to what I, how I observed you do that, you know, crouching next to the crate. What I found was if I was, you know, I would, I would kneel down to put his leash on. And as soon as I would start to move, like move my body as though I was getting up, Mm -hmm. he would jump up Mm -hmm. and get excited. And I noticed that I'm like, okay, we need to work that transition Mm -hmm. of me going from like a kneeling position to a crouching position. Mm -hmm. And we had to do that maybe like 10 or 15 times. Yep, I have done that too. And so I learned a lot Mm -hmm. by watching you do that that night. It's just realizing how much hand-holding he needs, right? And when you have three dogs, you might not notice he does that or you might just go, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've got to walk three dogs. Um, So just zeroing in on those little nuanced things and i'm all i'm doing too is upholding him to the same standards i would any other dog Mm -hmm. i think sometimes because he's little because he's new because he's so stinking cute i was being super lenient and i i didn't fully acknowledge that and so i it's not fair to me to blame him when i haven't set him up for success so final thought before we wrap what steps can we take to get back on track with being regular with creating amazing podcast content. Oh my gosh. I don't know. How do we hold ourselves accountable? I don't know. We used to get treats after as a special surprise. That's true. (laughs) I'm very food motivated. (laughs) (laughs) I think number one, we need to put it in our calendars. Okay. And hold ourselves to it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like maybe we say we're not getting our friday night pizza until Mm. it's done okay and that's like our reward right Mm -hmm. because i think it's just like you were talking about before with personal care or anything else it's one of those things that easily gets sort of erased it's written in pencil we need Mm -hmm. to write it in pen right Mm -hmm. it becomes a standard part of our week just like anything else and you know maybe we even need to decouple the recording from the planning and say okay You know, Mm. on this day, we're going to plan out what the episodes are. Because I think for me, that's the part that overwhelms me. Mm. Doing this part with you, I love. It's hanging out, it's talking. It's like, what's the topic going to be? Generally, what are the kind of blocks of the episode going to be? I feel like if we had that nailed down, we'd be able to jump in and bang Mm -hmm. it out, no problem. I feel like when that happens, though, I'm like, okay, start the recording now. I have so many ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe, maybe we should. Maybe that'll be like the raw behind the scenes and then we can come back and mm. i don't know if would anyone like sort of that uncut just stream of conscious lizzie content i don't know sometimes i think those are my most golden moments and then i was like what did i say now how do i repeat it now i'm so <laughs> awkward why <laughs> what am i doing with my hands um i was even thinking having it earlier in the week so that it doesn't grow in our minds as this big daunting thing mm-hmm I also worry it would just then get pushed. Well, Mm -hmm. we have tomorrow. Something Mm -hmm. came up. I can't. So let's move it to Wednesday. And also pizza. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, we will work on that. But I got to be better trained. (laughs) We'll go back to basics. We'll we'll get back on track. But Liz, thanks for sharing that. Um, Thanks for for being willing to to be vulnerable and be open. Um, I think... You know, there's there's a lot to be learned um, about getting back on track uh, on all topics in life that we can take from dog training. True. 
Good thing for dog training and dog psychology, you gotta say. Well, if you haven't figured that out yet, folks, it's really about people training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts. Perfect place to leave this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay calm and confident. Bye. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. We release a new podcast weekly. Follow us on Instagram at Honest to Dog Podcast. Honest to Dog Podcast is hosted by Liz Foley and Jeff Gadway. The show is engineered, edited, and produced by me, Timothy Musa. 